0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen and the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the excellence with which this team ministered and worshiped this morning. Lord, it showed that, that the heart was to bring glory to your name. Lord, speak to us and help us to be yours and help us, O oh God, to find out who we really are through Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. We're going to go to Acts chapter 9 in just a moment as we'll read there together. But I want to ask you, does anybody in this room this morning have a name that's strongly associated with another name? Let me give you an example from my life when I was growing up, uh, and some of you younger people won't understand this at all. When I was growing up, my name is Don, but, but but people would always come and go, hey, Donnie, where is, see, I knew some of you, where's Marie? So, so how many young people don't have a clue what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you didn't miss anything. But anyways, all right. Uh, but uh, where's Marie? Uh, and I was talking with the earlier service, the, and I asked the same question: Who's got a name that's associated with something else? And in that first service, somebody said, "Well, my name is Robin." And everybody always wanted to know where's Batman. That's right. Where's Batman? And uh, I was picking on Pastor Paul because everybody's always walked up to him and said, Judy, 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 you know, and so because his last name was Judy. And so is there anybody else in here that maybe has a name that's associated with any? What you got back there, Frankie? What is it? Frankie? I'm not going to sing that for you, but all right, Frankie and Johnny, they liked each other. Yeah. Oh, where's Eve? Yeah, yeah, she's sitting about seven people over from me. But there you go. Yeah, that's right. Adam and Eve. Anybody else? Dawson's Creek. There we go. I'm telling you. Yeah. Anybody else? Looking around. How many are you not gonna speak no matter what I ask? You. <laughs> Robin's got her hand up. Batman. Robin. Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good, yeah, Christopher Robin, look at there, I've never put that together. That's really good. Am I missing something? Jonah, everybody always asks him where there's a big whale. That's right, that's right. See, our names become associated with things, and sometimes we don't earn those things. It's not who we are, it's what our name is associated with. And so, when we're, we're reading the scripture today, I want to talk to you about what your name has become associated with. Some of you have earned everything your name is associated with. You bought it, you paid for it, and you deserve it. Some of you inherited it. I remember going into a classroom. My, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. I I, I was a little different than my older brother, uh, and but I I was like class president and those kind of things. And and I walked into this room, and this lady looked at me, and she said, you might have all that stuff going on, but she said, I'm not fooled. I taught your older brother, and I know you're kind. I said, please give me a chance. Acts chapter 9, verse number 10 is an interesting story that actually has something to do with reputations. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him, now when I say Ananias, who do most of you look for? fighter. When Anna named Ananias, the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes Lord, he said. He, the Lord told him, he said, go to the house of Judas on Strait Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, where he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Now, I can't, I think we try to make everything in the Bible sound King james So we say like this, Lord, answered Ananias, I have heard many reports. Can I say the tone I think this was set in? Are you ready? Um, <laughs> Lord, um... It's me, Ananias. And you know what? (laughs) I have heard about this guy's reputation. Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you want me to go pray for this guy? Because, I mean, everywhere he goes, he kills all of the Christian. Oh, no, let's make it King James. He has brought harm to your holy people in Jerusalem. No, he kills everybody. Lord, he has a really bad reputation. And his reputation precedes him. And I hear that he's here right now with a warrant for mine and all these other Christians around here, that are arrest, because he came with authority from the chief priest, and he's got warrants for our arrest. And, and, Lord, are you sure? Because I know his reputation. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Again, we all have a reputation. Whether you like it or not, your reputation precedes you. But the Lord said to Ananias, I think this is important to notice. He says to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went, I think that's a miracle, he went to the house and he entered it. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say he went to Saul. It says he got to the house, and then he convinced himself to go inside. That's a pretty bad reputation when he's got to talk himself in to going inside. But then he enters it. He places his hands on Saul, and he said, Brother Saul. I mean, I just, I've just i never seen that that way. He goes, it's not like, Brother Saul. It's, <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> hey, bro. The Lord Jesus, that guy that just appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you might see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he could see again, and he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. You see, there's a whole lot of reputations tied up in this one story. There's a whole lot of backstory here, and there's a whole lot of things that people are known for that they don't want to be known for. And God's going to redeem it. Let me say this again. God's going to redeem the reputation of all of them in one moment. I feel what I'm about to say to you. God sent me with a message to tell you he can redeem your reputation in a moment. He can change who you are and he can make you new. Now I know that Saul is redeemed ultimately and becomes Paul and writes the, however, half the New Testament. And it didn't take a moment because they were scared of him for years to come, as it were. But God changed his whole focus in a moment and he got to outlive his bad reputation and start living in a better place. Wouldn't you love to have the opportunity for God to change what you're known for? Wouldn't you love for people to no longer associate you with your worst days? Wouldn't you love for people to no longer associate you with your failures and your weaknesses, but they would begin to associate you with the goodness and restoration power of Jesus Christ? That's what I've come to preach to you about today, that God wants to change what you're known for. God doesn't want you to be known for your failures. He wants you to be known for the faithfulness of a father who found you in your failures and redemption came crashing in. Let me just give you a name and you tell me who it's associated with. If I say the name Alfred, Hitchcock and who? who? Batman. Last service, they almost got into an argument of who Alfred was really connected to. But Alfred was an actual man who lived and was very, very wealthy. Alfred had so much wealth, that when he was going through a family crisis, the paper had covered his family crisis at the death of his brother. And so Alfred turns to what would really be the obituary or the story covering the death of his brother, and as he opens the paper, he sees that they have mistakenly thought Alfred was the one who died and not his brother. Could you imagine? He opens the paper to read of his own death. And he sits there in shock as he reads the paper of his own death as his reputation is outlaid for the world to see. And the headline of the article is this. Are you ready for it? The merchant of death has died. The merchant of death. He's like, what do you mean the merchant of death has died? And he realizes that he is now, as he's reading the article, he's being attributed as the man who has caused people to be able to kill more people than anybody else in history. He's known as this man who created weapons of mass destruction. He didn't mean to create a weapon of mass destruction. He simply, along with his father and his brother created a thing to be used for construction called, you ready for this? Dynamite. After they created dynamite, Quickly holding that patent, it was bought and it turned into weaponized forms and warfare would ever be changed and he would become known as the man who had murdered more people with his weaponry than anybody that had lived before him. And Alfred sat there in stunned silence. Everyone around him wondering why he couldn't speak as he read of the horror that he was leaving. And I don't know why I feel to stop here for a moment, but I think about if you could read of the horror of the life that sometimes you're leaving behind you, the family that has broken behind you, the pain of people that in your children's eyes, the pain in your former spouse's eyes, the pain you look at when you see in the mirror, the scars and the sin and the shame and the struggles that have become your reputation. And as Alfred sat there in stunned silence, looking at all the pain that had become his reputation. He made up his mind that from this moment on, I will have a better reputation. He committed at that moment to turn his entire fortune over for the good of mankind. He ended up giving away 94% of his millions and millions of dollars that he had accumulated. I believe it was 139 million and no telling, I mean billion that would be at this time in history. But he gave up 94% of it and he made that the cause of that 94% go out to anyone who was doing something to better the the cause of humanity, anybody who was saving lives, anybody who was rescuing somebody and so Alfred became known not as the merchant of murder and the merchant of death but he became known, listen to me carefully he became known for his last name as he created a thing called uh, the Alfred Nobel Peace Prize and so he became known as the man who would celebrate anybody who was bettering society. I don't know who you are And I don't know what your reputation is this morning, but I have come with a message from on high that God has sent me to this house with a very simple truth to tell you. You may have a bad reputation, but Jesus took your reputation to a cross called Calvary and he bore it there so that if you would call on him, your old man might die and you might have a chance to change what you're remembered for. I want to show you quickly in the lives of three individuals how that works. Ananias, when we think of Ananias, what's happened in Ananias's life is tragic. He has been given a bad name, but not by his own actions. He's been given a bad name because a guy by the name of Ananias who was married to a woman by the name of Sapphira back in Jerusalem had tried to betray the church, had lied to the church. And when he lied to the Holy Spirit, Peter called him on it and and and, and literally he dies right there on the spot. And as he dies on the spot, all of a sudden, now this name has become associated with lying and deception and sin. And when I said Ananias to our own staff, one of them said to me, well, where's Sapphira in the story? Everywhere that Ananias went When he introduced himself as a brother People thought Is this the Ananias that caused the problem That I heard was killed in Jerusalem I mean did, did he not really die Is this the Ananias Is he the one that caused the lie That happened that people talked about All over the church Is he the one with a bad reputation Let me just, I don't know where this is coming from this morning But I feel it in my spirit I don't care what people have said about you Don't believe what people have said about you you become determined about what god has said about you and god has called you a holy people a zealous people of good works who have been redeemed from a broken past to a better future who are called according to the purposes of jesus christ amen Let me just tell you right now. I behaved first service because I knew third service was coming. I behaved second service because I knew third service was coming. But today I have no intention of behaving because I want to see God change somebody's reputation. You see... What happened was Ananias and Sapphira were known for their lies, But this Ananias would change the meaning of his name back to what God had created him to be because he was faithful. He didn't let a bad reputation keep him from doing what was right in the moment when God called him to do it. Now, wait a minute. Everybody already knows who you are and what you've done. I don't care what they say about who you are and what you've done. If you knew who they really were and what they had hidden, you wouldn't feel so bad about what's known about you. Did I just say that out loud? The truth is, God in his graciousness allows all of us to realize, listen to me, that Calvary is not staggered. There's not a place for the really bad sinners who can only get so close and for the people that have been really good that can get right up there at the cross. That Calvary, it's a level field because we all come with one need and that is the need for the grace of Jesus Christ to wash us and cleanse us and make us whole again. But watch this. You gotta stop trying to let somebody else dictate who you become, and you gotta be faithful to who God's called you to be. Wait a minute now, Pastor. How is he faithful? Watch this. True faith makes one faithful to what they believe. God, uh, you want me to go where? To the house of Judas. Lord, does that not is that not bad enough? I mean, how many of you, anybody named Judas in here? Nobody in Christendom names their child Judas. That's like saying, come here, Benedict Arnold. Just come here. Who wants to trust you? Nobody. Nobody names their kid. I think if my house was known as the house of Judas, I would change the name. It was on Straight Street. I'd call it the house of Straight Street. Come on. But Judas was the place of betrayal. This is what I'm about to say to you. God says, I'm going to send you to the place of betrayal because you've been done wrong. But as you walk through the bitterness of betrayal, as you do what's right, it's going to not only redefine who you are, it's going to redefine what happened in that place. Because the moment that Judas ruined the name of Judas, that man was living under shame also. But some reason God chose to redeem three names at one time here. He says Ananias will no longer be known for a lie. He will be known for his faithfulness. Judas will no longer be known for his betrayal. But it will become known as a place where God restores broken hearts and broken lives. What I'm trying to tell you is this. It may be the place of your worst fault, your worst betrayal, your worst failure that God has to take you through and you say, but pastor Don, you don't understand what I've been through. No, I don't understand what you've been through, but I know what my God can do with it. My God can, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit today. My God can cause you to rise up from the ashes and he can cause you to break forth in victory. And you can begin to stand there and say, I was lost. I was, I was this, I was addicted. I was bound. I was a hypocrite. I I, I, I was a liar. I was bound in my sin of this, 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 and this, but I can tell you that when I found God, he took a broken man, made him faithful to the cause of Christ. And now when you see me, I don't want you to see my past reputation. I want you to see me that in spite of my past reputation, God's gave me something that I didn't deserve in this, this new stage of my life. But Pastor Don... Don't you know who they were? I don't care who they were. What I care is who they are. Because I'm not going to stand in judgment of who they were. I'm going to stand here and link arms with who they are in Christ. But Pastor Don, don't you know how many times they cheated on their spouse? Don't you know how many times they lied? Don't you know how many times they failed? And don't you know they've been to the altar thousands of times and they can't find their feet? Then I want them to come a thousand and one times because I'm ready to see them get up. I'm ready to see them go through the darkest days of their life, and let God turn it into something better, amen. But watch this. In order to outrun his past reputation, he had to get honest about the betrayals of his life. Am I preaching truth? And then he had to be willing to go to the person who wanted to harm him and destroy him. Not one amen there. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to, I might have to buy an amen. See, redemption came in the middle of your mess. But when we realize that redemption came in the middle of our mess and it was brought to you in the middle of your mess, we have to realize that when we're in a mess, we usually have been harmed. And watch what I'm about to say. We need to offer forgiveness. Now, everyone thinks, this is C.S. Lewis, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. <laughs> I don't... Let me I'm just go and give you another slide. We are all experts at seeing others' faults and novices about being honest about our own. Your sin does hurt others. When you do things wrong, it does cut others deeply. But what God is doing... It's calling us to stop focusing on how bad they are and realize that in spite of how bad we were, he brought us through to a better victory so that we could share the hope of Christ with them. Now, I told my son yesterday, my oldest son, I told him yesterday, I said, I'm going to have to stop preaching about road rage because does anybody know what weekend it is? Leaf Looker Weekend. Can I get... I don't want to amen. I want to groan right there. (sighs) It took me one hour to do what normally takes 12 minutes yesterday. And none of them know how to drive. And somebody told them where my shortcut was. And I'm thinking, God in heaven, help me. Because... I've got to know you're going to make me be honest with this congregation. But for one time, I don't just have to confess my weakness. I get to tell you something I learned through it. Watch this. If you are trying to get into leaf looker traffic, are you with me? How are you going to merge in at the best place? Are you ready? I'm going to tell you how to merge in. Somebody said, Find the smallest car. No. Here's who you look for. The guy that just got let in. Because somebody lets him over. You know what I do? I watch for that guy and then I zoom up beside him and go, <laughs> what's he supposed to say? No. <laughs> what does he say? <sighs> yeah, somebody let me in. I just brought victory to half of your lives. You didn't know it. <laughs> Come on in. Because, listen to what I'm about to tell you, because you gave grace because you had just received grace. And I think the biggest hindrance to you being able to leave who you were behind, go through and find the victory where you should have been defeated, and help others even though they may be your enemies, is because you haven't let God's grace flow to you yet. Until you're willing to receive the fact that Jesus Christ actually paid the price for your sin. Am I making sense to anybody today? He actually... but Pastor Don, you don't understand. My sin was big. You know what that is? Can I just tell you what that really is? Arrogance. Because your sin may be massive, but where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. Where you have struggled the most, he covered you the most. To take your bad reputation, to give you a victory, and to help you pass that victory on to others. Do you know what I, I think is the best example, someone said to me, of a true move of God? I watched one day in this very building, right, right in here, we had a different setup in our middle section then, but I watched and you could just, it was a straight all the way out, and I watched as a group of men, or two men particularly, who had told each other how bad they wanted to kill each other. Embraced arms, and arm in arm, they came to this altar. And they made room for each other to find grace. And they forgave each other. And then revival came. Every great move of God that I've ever been involved in doesn't happen because somebody sings the best song. doesn't happen because somebody preaches a great message. It happens because somebody repents and then gives other people an opportunity to repent. You know, my favorite line of that song that he was singing is, I'm not innocent. I know there's some things I'm known for and some things I don't deserve I have known for things I don't deserve to be known for. I've been places I've never been and done things I've never done. I coached high school ball for many, many years. Some of the that played for me are here. I was proud I was never ejected from a game. Never got a coach's technical in all of that time. Because I wanted to teach integrity to my, to my players. But there's a referee in this area who's also a pastor. And his favorite story is to tell everybody how he ejected me from a game. I'm like, glad you like this story. It never happened. The truth is, I used to really be angry with him about it. And then I realized, it doesn't really matter what he says. I know the truth and I can still celebrate the truth. You see, instead of allowing somebody else to steal your truth and implant bitterness in its place, what would happen if you'd realize that God often calls us to offer restoration and redemption to the very people that have hurt us and hurt our family? I walked into a painful moment just a few days ago. As I walked into that painful moment, I could tell that people were positioning themselves. How's he going to respond to us? Because we know we've not been responding correctly. And this was just this week. And I made up my mind in that big building. I'm not going to let Their actions change who I am. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. And it's not going to change. And I didn't know if my action would bring pain to me or bring peace. But all I knew was, I've got to be who God's called me to be. Because I don't want to be who I used to be. And God's given me some victory. When God brought a man right here and he repented and, and bitterness just poured out of my life because I had carried 17 years of, he and I had bitterness against each other for 17 years. I never want that area of my life to ever grow again. I don't want to be known for that. I want to be known for who I am. Am I going to do it right all the time? No. But you see, I'd rather be known as the guy who says, I'm sorry, than the guy who lives a life that can't be followed. Am I making sense today? So I guess I'm looking for people today who would say, I want a better reputation. I started to ask you to write down or type in your phones or whatever what you thought you were, your reputation was. And then, not what others think you are necessarily, but what you think your reputation is. What you know to be true about yourself. And it invites you at this time to say, God, I don't care what I have to do. I'll be faithful to outlive the wrong reputation. No matter what I have to walk through, I want to be who you've called me to be. I want you to stand with me today. I spoke out of love to somebody during that moment. They looked like a deer in the headlights. Then they looked up and didn't see anything, this goofy-looking guy, the goofy-looking face saying hi. And I watched the facade melt away. And I watched God change a moment for his glory. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but I know that you've got to make up your mind. I will be known for better than who I used to be. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. I want to ask you that if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I have a reputation that I've either been trying to outlive, that maybe you gained, you earned it, or or it was thrust upon you by who you're associated with but i want a better reputation and i want a better tomorrow if that's you can i just see your hand right where you are hands all over this place may god's grace come upon you now i want to pray for you in just a moment put that hand down now i want to come all the way back to the beginning of our faith there's some of you that do not have the reputation of being a Christian because you're not. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You may have prayed a prayer, but you, you had not changed the way you live. You had not changed the way you walk, and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. And today, you want to begin the journey of serving Jesus, making him Lord of your life, being born again, so he can change your reputation. If that's you, either as a point of salvation or rededication, I'm going to pray with you. I didn't embarrass the last group to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you, but i want to see your hand right where you are. Get it up and hold it up high if that's you. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three. Are there any that will gather? Four, five. Looking around this room. There's five. Are there others? This is your moment. This is your time. Six. Are there others? You can put those down. You didn't raise your hand yet, but I came back around a second time. This is your moment. This is your time. Where are you? Where are you? I'm waiting for you. Who will join with these? God's changing their life today. Thank you. I see that hand in the balcony. All right. Is there another? This is what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer that you're going to pray with me. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. so Somebody said, Pastor Don, how many services and how many years are you going to pray this? I hope every service and every year. Because God's changing lives. And the Bible says that if we will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we would be born again. And our reputation begins to change today as we move from death to life, as we become a believer. We walk in faith. You are not surrounded by perfect people. The man praying with you is not a perfect man. God wants to heal your souls and help you and change your life right now. So I want all of us to join with them as somebody prayed with us as many of them are stepping into new faith and new life today let's pray together Jesus by faith I confess I am a sinner in need of a savior and in Jesus name from this moment on I give you all that I am you see my past my present And my future I give it to you and in Jesus name I receive your grace I declare from this moment forward God is my father heaven is my home and Jesus Christ is my Savior Father I want to pray over these that have just prayed that and for those who said I need God to help change my reputation Lord, I pray that your grace and strength will cover them, that your Holy Spirit will empower them. And Lord, that now that from those who just began this walk and to those who are trying to, to, to begin to run afresh and anew in you, I ask this, that what changed Saul's life was he had an encounter with the blinding light of Jesus Christ. Lord, may they have uh, an encounter with the light of Christ that so illuminates their life. That they will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, give.